Welcome to the Mom Circle Podcast, presented by Floyd Medical Center, a place for new moms, veteran moms, and moms-to-be to hear expert advice from experienced healthcare professionals. Here are your hosts, Dan Bevels and Jen Carroll. Hello and welcome to Floyd's Mom Circle Podcast. I'm Dan Bevels, and we're excited to be with you today. I'm not a mom. But I'm going to spend some time talking to some folks who are and are experts in the field. And we're very excited about that and are very excited also that you've joined us. Uh, We want to remind you, as we do every week, that we have an email address that you're welcome to send questions or comments to. That's momscircle at floyd.org. And if you have questions or comments about a previous episode, just email us there and we will get back to you. Uh, as quickly as we can. And we also want to remind you that we have a Facebook group as well, a closed Facebook group, and that is Mom's Circle at Floyd. So find that on Facebook as well. Right now, as I do for every one of these podcasts, I want to introduce Jen Carroll, who is a childbirth and lactation educator at Floyd. Jen, welcome in again, as always. It's good to be talking to you again. Hey, Dan, it's great to be talking with you this morning. Well, we're excited about today's topic, and I'm going to just step out as I always do because, like I said, I'm not a mom, so I'm not the expert. Uh, so I will, uh, I will let you introduce our guest today, who is Faith Stokes, a physical therapist at Floyd. And uh, so I'll let you introduce Faith and talk a little bit about what we're going to be discussing today. Thanks, Dan. Good morning, Faith. Good morning. I'm so delighted to have you join us today. Um, Faith works up in Somerville at our physical therapy department up there, and she is a board-certified orthopedic specialist and holds certifications in obstetric physical therapy and pelvic health rehabilitation. Faith is going to talk to us today about a topic that many moms, well, first, they don't even know there's a such thing as a physical therapist that specializes in pelvic health. And they don't understand that you can get help for problems that occur postpartum after you have a baby from people like Faith. So, Faith, do you mind sharing with us what a pelvic health PT does? I would love to. So I am specifically trained to evaluate the muscles, the nerves, and the soft tissues in the pelvic floor. In layman's terms, I am a down there PT. (laughs) I help with things like urinary incontinence, so leaking, prolapse. Um, I also work a lot with low back pain, hip and pelvic pain, specifically related to pregnancy and postpartum. Wow, wow. Well, you're the person we need to talk to today because I know these are very common with our moms. Yes, um, they are. Yeah, and and many moms are are of the opinion that, oh, this is just something that happens in childbirth and you have to live with it the rest of your life. Yes, unfortunately they are. And that is probably one of my biggest soapboxes because I think we get this impression that once we have childbirth and we have, you know, we have a baby that we come second in a lot of areas and there are just certain things that we live with, including pain or leakage or even changes in our posture and the way that we move. And our bodies were designed to have a baby. 
So we can train those muscles. We can fix those postures. These are all things that can be improved and rehabilitated so that they may not go back to where they were before. Everybody that's been a mom knows that, but we can certainly greatly improve their quality of life. Wow. So I can tell you, you're going to be a popular person. Tell me, what's the most common diagnosis that you treat? So right now, the thing I am treating the most is actually low back pain and pelvic pain. And so a lot of times after moms go through childbirth, they think that their back pain or the pain they're feeling in their pelvis or even their hips is normal because they're moving and doing different things. Um, And what we're finding is that these patients aren't seeking care because they're so busy taking care of the baby. And it's really common, actually, up to 77% of postpartum patients experience low back pain and up to 41% suffer from pelvic pain. And a not-so-interesting side note to that is that patients who experience this have a three times greater risk of experiencing postpartum depression. And that's, well, an un, that's an unnecessary risk that we can treat and get rid of for you. Oh, that's that's amazing. And, you know, of course, any kind of chronic pain like that is going to be difficult for moms to work with, coupled with being a new mom and all that goes Uh, along with that. I know. We're just trying to keep a kid alive. I've been there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's called survival and whatever it takes. So tell me how therapy can help. So when we're looking specifically at low back pain and pelvic pain, it can be a result of muscle imbalances. So that's a fancy way of saying that some muscles are pulling their weight and others aren't. It can be due to injury either from childbirth or during pregnancy or even after childbirth. As we're doing these same repetitive tasks, we can cause injury. And then even the way we change the way we move and what we do, we're not used to doing this. We're changing Mm -hmm. everything about our day to take care of the baby. So what we have found is that pain can change the way a muscle works. It can either turn it off or make it really weak. And so as someone who's trained specifically in pelvic health rehab and in obstetrics, we are trained to know which muscles are most likely affected in these moms. We evaluate them, and we can create these very targeted strengthening programs and conditioning programs and even just stretching programs sometimes to, most importantly, get your pain under control first. That's always our first goal. And then to prevent those types of chronic injuries. Wow. Again, I just, it makes me sad because so many moms just don't know that this is available and they think that this is something they have to live with. Absolutely. So one of the, one of the things I know many moms worry about is, you know, after pregnancy, obviously it takes time to get your belly back to where it used to be. And many moms, especially a lot of the moms I work with, are pretty active, um, yes, and they're used to their body performing really well for them. And then they yes. go through a pregnancy and a delivery, and they find that their belly, oh, my gosh, what happened to what they were working on as a six-pack? You know, what happened? And, and they think that this is a forever state that they have to be in, and it, it seems does, that nothing yeah. they can they do helps them to be able to work with their abdominal muscles. 
So do you see that a lot in your practice? I do. And that can be one of the causes of the low back pain and the pelvic pain we were talking about. So in normal, healthy pregnancy, when you think about your six pack and there's that, you know, if you visualize a six pack forming, you got that line that runs down the middle, that's called your linea alba. And that's just a type of fascia or a tissue. It's not a muscle, but it's the central anchoring port point for all of your core muscles. So when you think of your abs, that's where mm-hmm. that's where they attach in the middle. And so in a normal pregnancy, that linea alba is supposed to stretch. That's how we accommodate the pregnancy and make room for baby. Well, then after pregnancy, that tissue is stretched, those muscles have been stretched, that can make them weaker, particularly if mom has is experiencing back or belly pain, and then it can take 3 to 6 months for those strained muscles to begin to start to heal and come back together. And what I have found specifically with something called, and it's, it's a big word, diastasis recti, which just basically means that linea alba is just not quite coming back together the way that it's supposed to be, is that most moms do pretty well with this. It kind of bounces out and it takes them a little while, but sometimes it can persist in up to 30% of moms up to 12 months following having the baby. Wow. And so where I come in with that is I'm trained to evaluate whether or not you, you have the separation, whether it's not coming back together. And then how do we really cue those core muscles to start turning on and getting some tension in that tissue so that we can start getting those, those core muscles and those ab muscles back. And a lot of times, if we don't address that, it will persist even beyond a year. So I have several moms I'm treating right now that weren't aware that this was a type of treatment. And they didn't see me till a year after having baby. And they have been unfortunately suffering from abdominal pain, back pain, and hip pain, and even issues with their pelvic floor. So that was the first thing they said. I wish I would have known sooner. I wish I would have come sooner. Because a lot of them do really well after the first couple of weeks just by learning how to start getting that core to activate properly again. Wow. I mean, like, seriously, I, I have known moms who've worked and worked, and they um, just feel like, oh, it's it's my fate in life. And so the fact that there is hope, there is yes. a way forward in this is great news. You just have a lot of good news for everybody today. <laughs> I'm um, glad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what tips would you give for self-management for, like, low back pain or pelvic pain um, is, is there anything moms can start to do straight away um, to try and Absolutely. cope with that? Yeah. Yes. So if they are released by their provider, and that's, uh-huh. that's a key thing here because we want to make sure we're protecting your healing body. Right. Um, a lot of my new moms or even my moms that I'm seeing now have found um, they can find some online programs or in-person programs doing gentle yoga, so we're not doing the hardcore stuff, or stretching. And, I mean, some of these programs are just 10 or 15-minute sessions, so don't think you've got to go do yoga for an hour. Okay. And they're even using this as a supplement to therapy to kind of maintain the pain relief that they get during therapy. So this, this should relieve your pain, 
It should make you feel better. I want you to think about it differently than a type of workout. It is more about giving mom a little more, let's call it bandwidth, to be able to care for herself and baby. And when we're in pain, that's really hard to do. So this is. Is more, this is more of a self-care thing when you're looking for a yoga or a flexibility program. And, the, and I like that you, I like that you um, bring that out because, you know, moms are also exhausted. And the thought of going to work out is like a tipping point where I can't I do anymore. So exactly. So affirming that just these stretches and gentle yoga movement is going to be beneficial is, I mean, yeah, that's great because that is not as overwhelming as trying to go and do a workout. Um, when you're already exhausted. I couldn't have done it after having my son. I stayed right. at home, I think, for two or three months just trying mm-hmm. to keep us alive. And <laughs> if I had known or registered, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day, I can just do a little bit of gentle work on myself to help manage. I mean, it helps with your anxiety. It helps yes. with so much. Yes, yes. I I love that you're bringing that in because we we are going to do a podcast on taking care of mom postpartum and definitely the physical part has to be we have to first recognize what our body's trying to say and yes. then address it so i like from from your perspective as a professional that you know this is essential to your health and it's all connected absolutely and I would just, my, my next big tip would just be so patient with yourself. You are, you know, if this is your first baby, you are learning an all-new territory and a life depends on it. So that sounds dramatic, but I know that that's where I was living when it started. And I felt, especially if I, you know, I was more physically active, I kind of felt like my body was betraying me a little bit because I was used to being able to push myself a little bit harder and I was having to rest a lot more. So these muscle strains and pains just to go away normally can take that three to six months like we were talking about. Your Mm -hmm. body has done this huge, amazing thing. And so allowing and accepting that you have this personal healing period that's so important and and perfectly fine. I found for me when I kind of accepted that I was going to go a little bit slower, it really got a lot easier. Oh, wow. Thanks for sharing that. That's so true. That's so true. Anything else you can think of? So one more tip would be, just like I mentioned earlier, get help sooner than later. The Mm. number one things I hear from my mom, once they realize that I exist, once they get this referral and I have some awesome providers that have been making sure these patients get to me, and, and a lot of times they get really emotional because they have been trying to take care of a baby, toddlers, other children perform their full-time job, and they have been in pain or suffering, and they don't feel like they can talk about it because they think that this is just what's normal. So they right. don't feel like they're going through something that, you know, that anybody else hasn't experienced. And so they always come in and they tell me, I wish I would have come right away. I wish I would have talked to someone earlier and come in and got help earlier. And I know that that sounds like this really big thing to do because you're, you're, you're busy. Yeah, I right. mean, moms are busy from the time baby's born for forever. Yeah. Moms stay busy. <laughs> right. 
So our goal for this particular type of therapy is a little different than that standard, you know, two to three times a week, six to eight weeks that you would do with the normal orthopedic thing. My goal Mm -hmm. is to take some things off of your plate to show you how to do the things that you're struggling with a little bit better so your day gets easier and more comfortable to get you pain relief. I really try to meet my patients where they're at when they're in this population. And so that may mean they come one time a week. They may only become, be able to come every couple of weeks. It's not unusual for them to bring baby with them. I mean, you're working with a lot of variables. So this is a very different type of therapy. You can right. come sooner than later, and we will, we will find a way to make it happen. I completely, we have all been there. I completely understand. So... How do moms get that referral, and from whom do they get a referral? So I can take a referral. I am on standard physical therapy. I can take a referral from your primary care physician or from your OBGYN, um, depending on how long it's been since you've had the baby. Mm-hmm. I, I will still probably um, communicate or ask permission to communicate with your OBGYN to make sure there's nothing specific I need to know because, again, we want to protect your healing body. But I have had several patients call their medical provider and request a script for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, I've had some wonderful providers who have initiated that conversation and offered a physical therapy script specifically for me. So talking to your medical care provider, you're more than welcome to call my office if you feel like you would like to be guided through that process. We have done that before with patients. My office manager is wonderful. She will call and speak to the doctor's office for you and explain what we're kind of wanting to work on together and then they'll call you if they have additional questions. Okay, so what I hear you saying is if you have pain that has been present since your pregnancy and it's getting worse or just continuing on um, no matter what you're doing or if you're, you're finding that you're having difficulty, new pains that have happened since you've had the baby yes. and it's affecting how you live, that it is time to take steps to address it. And we need to do that instead of waiting and saying, well, maybe it'll just go away, actually either contacting your your primary provider or even your OB, like in the postpartum time, and saying, Absolutely. hey, this is really not working for me. So you're saying it doesn't come with the title of mom. You don't have to live Absolutely. With I mean, pain is pain is not normal. I don't right. want you to get to a point in your life where you say, oh, this is pain and it's normal. It's okay that I have it. This is something that we can, pain is your body's way of signaling you that either a tissue is being overstretched or that there's something still healing. And there's so much we can do to encourage your body to continue to heal well. And I know adding one more thing to your plate right now seems really overwhelming. So my goal is when you're ready for me to help you, you don't have to live with us. Yeah. We can help you. I I so appreciate that. You know, we talk about in childbirth classes that, you know, the process of labor and how that contractions are are healthy and good and that's what brings forth the baby. But once our baby's born... I am on the page. Hey, once the baby is born and we've completed the process of labor and delivery, we should not be having 
pain all the time. Absolutely. Like, this is, that needs to stop once we've delivered. Um, so another thing that I hear a lot from moms privately, in fact, it's like there's even like um, a sense, I think, sometimes that moms have shame around the idea that they may have experience incontinence or leaking. And again, it gets dismissed as part of the mom title that once you become a mom, now you have to live with this dysfunction. You know, like I never yes. had this before. And um, I, I understand that you can also help with this issue. Yes, and this is one of my big soapboxes because it is very commonly accepted that once you have a baby, particularly after multiple babies, that a little bit of leakage is normal. And in fact, you should see me in the clinic when the commercials come on TV where they're just normalizing using these incontinence pads and saying, everybody leaks. And I'm like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> this, this is so the muscles that are in your pelvic floor, you have three layers. They help maintain that continent so they can keep you from leaking. It's a muscle. It is just like your bicep or a muscle in your leg. If your arm was weak, you would go to the gym and strengthen it. And so my specific training allows me to help you strengthen those pelvic floor muscles. And up to 49% of moms continue to report leakage a year after having their babies. And so it is a very sensitive and private topic for a lot of people. But we talk about this every day, and I really do love helping people work on this because I deal with nurses or people who are you know, wanting to go to an event and right. they're afraid that they're going to leak or have an accident right. and they're constantly paranoid to be away too far away from a bathroom and it really begins to control their life. And then just that mental component of people yes. you know, needing to wear pads there's so much we can work on in this area. Those muscles have been stretched during childbirth or even just during pregnancy. If right. you have a cesarean birth, you still get some stretching and some pressure. And those muscles can get stronger just like the rest of you will get stronger as you continue to heal. Wow. And, you know, these are young women. Yes. These are young women who have so much activity to um, be involved in. I mean, like, like you mentioned, they're like running around, taking care of kids, and there's just so much going on. And this can be so demeaning and humiliating for young women. And it's like, we need to tell them that there is hope, that there is treatment. Absolutely. So, um, what, what tips do you have for these moms? Um, they, any self-care tips? Yes. So something to kind of keep in mind as your body is healing, you know, that leakage may start improving on its own as your body recovers and returns to normal. But one of the things I want to make sure my patients know is there are certain types of food that irritate both your GI and your bladder a little bit. And when I say irritate, it means it can make that that urge to go a little bit stronger and it can make your leakage a little bit worse. So mm-hmm. an example of that would be some acidic foods, so think citrus or that type of stuff, caffeine, mm-hmm. sugar, um, and even just being dehydrated can make your leakage a little bit worse. 
So wow. I don't I don't know about you guys, but that pretty much sums up my diet some days. <laughs> so coffee, sugar. <laughs> I know, right? Just going to be honest, and I'm I am personally not going to give up caffeine. Like I need right. my coffee. Like, what mother can give up caffeine if that's I know it's not the time. Right. So I am not suggesting giving up caffeine, what I recommend is managing that behavior. So if I know I'm going to go on a longer car ride and I'm concerned about leaking or not being able to get to a bathroom fast enough, I may switch out for a bottle of water versus mm-hmm. my big cup of joe to make yeah. sure I don't irritate my bladder. Right. I'm not going to recommend you go without the caffeine ever because... We all know. Anybody that knows me knows that would be a bad thing. So just kind of keeping those things in mind. If you're going to get sucked down a rabbit hole in Google, yeah, and I don't usually recommend that, just kind of better educating ourselves. There are foods that calm your bladder. There's foods that irritate the bladder. Really focus on those irritants and making sure, you know, hey, I might not have the orange juice for breakfast if I'm having trouble leaking on my way to work. Yeah, or even if I have a pediatrician appointment and I know I'm going to be waiting in an office, you know, like don't drink that big cup of coffee right before you go. Absolutely, and then stay hydrated. It's so easy when you're leaking all the time. We just stop wanting to drink water because we're just like, I am just going to fill another pad, and that can make it worse. So what I recommend is... You know, having a day at home where it's a little easier and really make sure you get your fluid intake. So I generally mm-hmm. recommend half of your body weight in ounces. Oh, okay. Great, great really, guideline. Really, really get hydrated and see if that doesn't help. I have had um, one particular patient reduce her leakage by 60% just by beginning to modify her diet. It doesn't work for everyone, but it, that small change really can make that big of a wow. difference. Wow. And, I mean, it's, it's so worth it. That's just so worth that effort. You know, that is so Absolutely. worth the effort. Um, anything else? Anything else you can think of? So going along the idea with the longer car rides, I don't okay. ever want to encourage you to hold it. You should yeah. be able to. Your your pelvic floor should be strong enough. But, you know, we if your body, listen to your body. If your body's telling you you need to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. However, sometimes we're in a position where we can't go. And so one of the urge suppression techniques I teach people is to do heel raises, which means kind of coming up and down on your toes. You can do this in sitting or standing. So you can do it in the car, coming up and down on the toes. This activates the same part of the nervous system that helps activate those sphincters that stop the flow of urine. So this is something that you can do while you're sitting in the car ride along with some deep breathing Mm -hmm. and even sitting on your foot or a washcloth to put some pressure down there can help calm that urge until you can get to a bathroom. Wow, that is so practical. I can see mom straight away saying, okay. I know I had to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so who do moms turn to if they're having leakage? Let's say that they're past their postpartum follow-up with their um, gynecologist, OB. So who are they going to turn to if they're having leakage? Where should they go with that? So this is something that you can talk to your primary care physician about. 
mm-hmm. um, mentioning it to them. And now that you're aware of these services, a lot of times my prim- primary care doctors may not be aware that I am here and offering that service. We're working okay. on that. But mentioning to them, hey, there's a therapist in Somerville. She treats this. I would like a script to go and do physical therapy with her. I have never had a primary care physician that was that said no. They were all like, mm-hmm. oh, great, perfect, yes, let's go to her. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's a great point you just made there because you have a specialization, and that's what, you know, is important, that this is actually a specialized training that you do. And yes. so that, that's what they're looking for is somebody who actually – has had training and knows how to treat this issue. So that's, that's really good to, to um, emphasize again, Um, along with urinary and um, gastrointestinal issues. What about prolapse? Sometimes moms may, I, I mean, I've known moms, who were worried they had prolapse and didn't want to go see anybody because they were afraid that they would find out it was true. Um, so yeah, and they're worried about surgery. They're, exactly. They're I hear I hear them surgery. say, yeah, so like if I get diagnosed with that, they're going to make me want to have, I'm going to have to have surgery and I'm just not ready to deal with that. Exactly. Exactly. And so they don't, they don't even, they won't go because they don't want to have surgery. They have a baby. I mean, like, The thought of surgery is like, no. Completely overwhelming. What do you do with that? So just to define it, in case uh, moms aren't familiar with it, that's defined as organs in, so down there in the bottom above the pelvic floor, slipping down or forward. And so I've had family members describe things coming out and having to push it back in. That's Mm -hmm. one of the most common descriptions of it. Um, Pregnancy is the highest risk factor for this, and signs and symptoms can include like feelings of pressure when you're trying to urinate or have a bowel Mm -hmm. movement, or that feeling like you just went, but you could quite empty. Right. So, yes, we treat this because part of the role of those muscles, those three layers of muscles in your pelvic floor, is to, one, help manage those sphincters, so what lets you go and what stops you from going, but also mm-hmm. to support those organs so that they kind of stay aligned and balanced really well. Right. And if it's not functioning well, then those organs are kind of doing their own thing in there, and you can have a lot of these issues. And so what I find is that my patients with pelvic health issues can be experiencing prolapse, but the good news is I have patients with prolapse that aren't having symptoms, meaning that just because that organ has slipped or has moved doesn't mean you have to have surgery to fix it. We find that if you get this pelvic rehabilitation component taken care of, that it manages your symptoms. It's not going to change the prolapse. That's a change in the tissue. Mm -hmm. However, we can drastically reduce, and I've had some patients eliminate their symptoms related to the prolapse. And so I'm not worried about what your organs are doing if you're comfortable in doing everything that you need to do. So this is something that we definitely work on. I work on it regularly with my patients. Mm-hmm. We can teach posture, biomechanics, management techniques to kind of get you where you need to be to get a better balance. But just being diagnosed with it does not automatically mean you have to have surgery. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Okay, so would you feel comfortable giving us 
a tip for managing something like this? Um, any just practical things that moms can start like now? Yes. So one of my favorite tips, and it's something called, and this is good whether you have prolapse or not, this is good bowel and bladder habits. Okay. When we sit down to go to the bathroom, just to clarify, our knees should be higher than our hips. So we should kind of be down in a deeper squat when we're sitting on mm -hmm. the toilet. And if you're like me, when you heard that, you were thinking about your toilet and you're like, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> and so they, they make something called the squatty potty that uh -huh. elevates your feet. I have had patients just use wood or step stools, but they get their feet up on the stool so that those knees are higher and they're kind of tipped back. And uh -huh. it works great for prolapse patients, but it's also super healthy for regular bowel movements because most of us don't sit that way naturally unless you're really tall and we end up kind of being up on our toes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if you remember my tip about kind of suppressing those urges, right. if you're doing a heel raise while you're going to the bathroom, do you really think you're going to be emptying properly? Wow. That's so, so practical. I mean, like, Wow. It is, it's an easy change to make. You do not have to buy anything new or fancy. Just try it. I want your feet flat on the floor and relaxed, your knees higher than your hips, and you will literally be good to go. Great, great. Okay, so if you're having these symptoms of prolapse and you... And it's getting worse, and you know something is really wrong there. Um, how soon should you really follow that up? So the sooner the better. I know we say this about a lot of things, and you've got a lot going on right now, but if you start to have those signs and symptoms, particularly if something is coming out and you're pushing it back in, mm -hmm. um, going to your primary care provider, going to your OBGYN or mentioning it, we can get in a lot faster, a lot earlier, and really kind of recover that pelvic floor coordination and strength to help manage your symptoms. So the sooner the better, but again, I absolutely understand if that's just not the place you're in right now, when you're ready, I'm here. Okay, okay. All right, so um, do you have any tips for... Just exercise, postpartum, for moms that may not be having a, you know, anything severe going on, but just to, to help them feel like they're taking positive steps towards recovery? Absolutely. So the big thing is once you're released by your provider to do any type of exercise, and generally they give you stages. They'll tell you when you can start walking or when you can start doing strengthening. If for whatever reason you don't really get a clear guideline, I really encourage you. They, they want you to call and ask them, should I be doing this? Because they want you to heal well. Right. And so in general, and you're going to hear me say this, you're going to hear all of your support team say this, listen to your body. You yeah. are going to, as you're exercising or you're going back to things, it, if you're going back to an exercise program, it may not feel the same. If you're starting out with exercise because having a new baby has helped you realize that you need to exercise, you know, normal aches and pains, muscle aches and pains. I tell people if it hurts after the exercise for more than an hour, 
Way too much. I typically don't want my postpartum patients to have any pain related to exercise at all. But you know if it's hurting for a couple hours after, if you're hurting the next day a lot, and you're having a hard time doing your daily task, way too much. You also may experience vaginal bleeding. That means Mm. we went way too far. Right. So really take it back. Take it slow. It is okay to go that slow. Listen to what your body needs. And if you're really having a hard time finding that balance, I, again, seek early care. You're calling your OBGYN and asking if this is normal. You can call your primary care provider. You are welcome to call me. There are even personal trainers that work with postpartum patients. So make sure if this is something new to you and you're really struggling, talk to someone who specializes in this so that you get the support that you need to meet your goals in a good timeline. Oh, that sounds great. So, Faith, um, as far as these treatment goes, you know, we have moms that are in their teens all the way up to in their 40s. Is treatment the same for all moms, or does it vary according to, like, where mom is in her life? Yes, it does vary. And, and truthfully, as we... As we age, and the aging process really does start in our 30s, our anatomy can change, and so our approach to the way the tissues heal is different. And then particularly, as we're talking about teenage years, we may not be fully developed in all areas. So now this new mom is healing from a pregnancy and still continuing to grow and develop. So as we look at treatments, you know, truthfully, we we want to say that we do a specific treatment for a specific patient, meaning there's not these global blankets that we do based on your age and um, how many children you've had, et cetera. But we really do have to account for anatomy, age of mom, how many kids mom have. It's very important when you're looking for providers specifically for um, the obstetric certification, finding someone who's trained to know your specific anatomical needs based on your age and development. Right. Well, Faith, you have just given us so much information. Um, What else does pelvic health therapy help with? So I frequently work with my patients on balance. Mm -hmm. Um, when When you've walked a certain way for a little while and you're kind of moving and changing the way you move, it's normal to feel a little off balance, and that's something we can work on together. I even do frequently help them getting building back that tolerance to exercise when they have this goal to get back to a certain level of fitness and they're not progressing well, like I mentioned before. I really enjoy working with that patient population and making sure that we allow the body to heal and meet mom's goals. And a lot of moms, um, up to 25%, even a year after having baby, are reporting that they're still having pain or discomfort when they have intercourse. And that is something that I treat. So if you've been released to go back to having regular sex with your husband or partner and you are having pain or discomfort with that or you just it's not feeling right, this is something that we can talk about and that I treat every day. So don't wow. be don't be embarrassed to call and say this is the problem I'm having. I promise you yeah. myself nor my staff is going to be surprised. Right, right. And and again, just letting moms know that this kind of help is available. 
Again, this topic seems to come under, I'm now a mom, and therefore, you know, I'm going to have this painful experience when I am intimate with my loved one, and that that is normal. And so many moms, that's that's the message that they get, and it's just tragic. So I just want to put that out there that you don't, it doesn't have to be that way. It does not, and, and there's, there's definitely treatment. things we can work on, yes. Yeah, that's great. Well, Faith, you have been such a positive person to talk to this morning, and it's so wonderful because it's hope. It's hope in dealing with things that mothers are taken back, you know, like, I didn't expect this, I didn't expect these problems, and often they get dismissed um, as just something you have to cope with, and you've made it clear today that actually... There's a lot we can do, and thank you for the very practical tips. We so appreciate you, Faith, and all that you do. I personally um, have had treatment with Faith, and she is amazing, and so I'm so, so glad to include you as a resource for moms. So thank you so much for being on with us today, and... um, Dan, wasn't this a great topic to to stop, to talk about today? Absolutely. I, it was fascinating, to be honest with you. I'm not a mom. This isn't something that I've had to, to be concerned about, but I certainly learned an awful lot and, and will uh, recommend that the, uh, you know, my daughters take a listen because uh, you know, they're not too far from being there themselves, and uh, it's just great information. So, Faith, fantastic. By the way, you just, you're, I think you're just made to do this, Faith. You, did a, you, you sounded <laughs> Faith, like you're I love a my job. I yeah. really do. I've, I am so fortunate to get to work with these moms every day, to work with all of my patients, I, they, you know, if you work with moms, they are inspiring. No yeah. one works harder. No one is trying harder to do better at what they do. So it is so easy to walk into a room and feel like I'm going to help them, and they help me be a little bit more every day. You know what? That is just awesome, and that is that is kind of the Floyd team has that attitude is that how can we help these moms? And I just, I so appreciate that you're part of our team. Thank you. I love being part of this team, and thank you so much for having me. Okay. Faith, if if, uh, if someone has a question, is there a way they can get in touch with you? Could we? Uh... Absolutely. So our office telephone number here in Somerville is 706-509-3864. Jen Faith, thanks so much for uh, all that great information, and we thank you for joining us. And as always, we just remind you that if you have any questions about any of the topics discussed on the Mom Circle podcast, you can email us. The email address is really simple. It's just like the title of this podcast. It's momscircle at floyd.org. And we also recommend that if you're on Facebook, you join the Mom's Circle at Floyd closed Facebook group because it's a great site for information. Jen does a fantastic job of keeping you up to date on what's happening at Floyd related to childbirth and lactation services and and everything we offer with this program. But in addition to that, it's a great support group. You have an opportunity to talk to other moms and ask questions of them and just communicate with one another as you walk through this together. So that's Moms Circle at Floyd on Facebook, and we encourage you to join that community as well. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you again real soon. 
Thanks for joining us on the Mom Circle Podcast. Be sure to join our Mom Circle Facebook group for more conversation between Floyd's experts and moms like you. And if you have any questions about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, email us at momcircle@floyd.org. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to download the My Floyd Baby app for a personalized health news feed for every member of your family. You can find the app at floyd.org baby or in your app store. Thanks for joining us.